the last game week of the season is here. Bring it on. Hello FPL Surgery listeners, on this episode we will go over our reactions to the game we just passed, we'll go over free hit teams and the captaincy as that's a big discussion, then we'll go through some listener questions which will involve the five goals for Liverpool with Mane and Salah not scoring, Man City only scoring four goals, maybe they're, they're getting worse, uh, Kane with another brace and Aubameyang blanking. Pulisic is either new Hazard, but do we hang on to him? And United, have they run out of steam? Okay, welcome back listeners to the 181st episode of the FPL Surgery Podcast. We are recording on Thursday the 23rd of July 2020, ahead of game week 38, the last game week. If you haven't listened already, we have already recorded a podcast with FPL General and the owner of Sheffield United, Prince Abdullah bin Mossad. So if you have time, go back and listen to the 180th episode. Iceman here again, back with my co-host Stefan. It was, it was strange not having you on the last podcast Stefan I've gotten used to having you argue against my decisions so, so welcome back <laughs> yeah thanks Adam. I can argue against your decisions today James so <laughs> I'm, ba- I'm just back from the woods and this time it was a planned trip with my family <laughs> yeah so uh, I'm basically planning my vacation around these pods this season or this summer so I'll be back now and I'll be back out in the woods for a couple of days and be back for the last pod. Did you, you actually came back home just for this podcast? Yeah it's a two different trips of course but uh, it was uh, it was timed very <laughs> very nicely around oh. the game week so oh, I've, been the commitment. My, I've been burning through my mobile data as, as a madman on the cabin trying to sneak watch every every single oh, game. Oh, really? Oh, bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, bet, I bet that's tricky as well. I have to admit, I turn off, turned off the Manchester City game at some point. I, I had enough with only KDB <laughs> in my team. Yeah, see, seeing those Sterling goals was killing me as well, yeah, as a non-owner. But yeah. we, we do have someone who owns Sterling as well. This The mm. guest on this week is currently 26th in the world overall. And no, he's not one of those managers who's just having a randomly good season. He has an awesome record as well. Five top 20k finishes in FPL with two in the top 200 with his best being 77th. Welcome to the podcast, Pranel Shet, who is commonly known as Late Riser 12 on Twitter. Welcome to the podcast, Pranel. Absolute honor to be here, guys. I'm pretty excited. It's been a while since I've podded uh, and uh, yeah, happy days. A lot, yeah, a lot of people to follow as well. Uh, after uh, absolutely amazing pod that you guys had with the general and the prince, I thought that was amazing. Oh, thank you. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, great to have you on. A lot of people are uh, looking forward to your views. We do have. We're going to start off with a few questions, just direct to you and your strategy, etc. So at late riser twelve on Twitter, if you want to follow him. But we we got a question here from Mark at mbison twenty two. He asks. How does Late Riser 12 do it? Seriously, Iceman, can you extract and pinpoint with extreme precision the secret to his FPL success? Take it away, Pranel. So, so I've spoken about this quite a few times. And uh, so I think what works for me, first of all, is I'm a very lucky guy. I mean, there is a fair amount of luck involved and we've had a fair amount of luck versus skill debate on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I've broken down this answer into what I think has worked for me this season. And uh, generally what works for me throughout the season. So I'll start with talking about this season first. Uh, and what has helped me this season is a fair amount of luck when it comes to my captaincy. 
So I've, I've hit a fair amount of braces and hat tricks this season. That led to like four or five game weeks having a game week rank of under 10k, and that's something that I actively, proactively try to hunt in the sense that go for a captain that isn't very well owned and that a few people are overlooking. I pay a lot of close attention to those high impact captaincy decisions, and uh, so yeah, a few of them worked in my favor. I managed to captain Marshall for the uh, hat trick that he had against Sheffield. I managed to captain. Sterling for the hat trick that he had against Brighton. So yeah, that's something that worked in my uh, favor this season. Uh, also, I think I was able to read uh, the season well pretty early uh, because what happened was I realized that there's there's a lot of uh, big hitters that we have to choose from. And uh, I wrote this article for the scout, and uh, I realized that uh, the difference between big hitter scores when they play against average defenses and when they play against poor defenses is pretty drastic. So I decided to aggressively switch my big hitters and find the best captaincy options, which led to me uh, taking a lot of hits. But uh, I feel like a hit is a minus four, and if you hit that captaincy, you try to gain twenty, thirty points in a single move. So I try to persist with that thinking, which led, and also that that was possible because we didn't have one big hitter dominating the season like how Salah did a couple of years ago, or mm. how Suarez or Robin Van Persie did back in the day. So uh, and and we had a lot of blue guys that you could just take and forget in the team, uh, you know, when it comes to the likes of Doherty or when it comes to the likes of Jimenez or Soyuncu early season. There are quite a few of these guys that you could take and forget. So I just focused on make, making my moves around uh, big hitters and I constantly switched them up. Uh, also, I think a fair amount of independent thinking and uh, staying away from the noise helped me. Uh, like just just talking about. Something about after restart. I, I didn't have uh, De Bruyne, and uh, I had one move to bring a uh, Man City after the first three game weeks, and De Bruyne did really well. I think he got a goal and assist in both games, and I took the gamble of uh, going Sterling over De Bruyne because I just think Sterling's a form player. He looked really lively and sharp against Liverpool, and I saw that game and I made up my mind that I need to get this guy. So that works really well in my favor. The same, the same with uh, Martial. A lot of people. Uh, Sort of misunderstand the player because of his uh, downbeat demeanor and everything. Uh, but I just thought that maybe if he's surrounded by a lot of quality, because he had a really good relationship with Bruno, which we saw before we went into lockdown. And so that sort of independent staying away from the noise thinking helped me uh, spending less in defense as I normally do, not spending on the bench, making sure I spend all the money on the pitch. All of that worked in my favor this season. So yeah. That's that's my thoughts on this season, and uh, generally, just a lot of people are uh, interested in knowing, uh, you know, what do I think about playing year on year, and why I think I do fairly well. So one of the things I think that works in my favor is I don't have a set rule book. Uh, I think that helps, and I keep talking about adapting a lot when it comes to FPL. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every season uh, brings a new sort of challenge. The dynamics of the game are. Very different season on season, even month on month, everything changes in this game. So I don't think you can have a set of rules, and that works in my favor. Right. Just, just to give an example, I mean, you had the general on a couple yeah, of days ago. He was yeah. talking about uh, how he doesn't like injury-prone players, and that didn't help him with things this season. So I think it's uh, good not to have a preconceived notion when it comes to this game. Try to play this game uh, not very emotionally. I think I have a decent temperament. I don't tend to go on. I mean, uh, like for example, uh, yesterday uh, Salah was my captain, and it was frustrating because I sold Pulisic to get Salah, 
but and then then you can you know you can either think that oh you know i shouldn't have made the move and uh, whine about that mm. uh, because i took a hit to sell pulisic and get sala and captain him but then i i also look at the positive flip and i think that it's these kind of decisions that are aggressive that i've been making week on week this season that has led to me having a good season so you can't look at one or two uh, uh decisions in sort of like a tunnel vision right the holistic view is that these decisions that i take which are sort of aggressive tend to favor me than not and i'm going through a lucky streak let's not forget that <laughs> so i i don't look at this single decision and feel bad about it i don't play fpl in a very emotional way i try not having too many conceived preconceived notions and also one thing uh, that i don't see many managers doing is a uh, think on their feet when it comes to strategy a lot of people have a sort of a view about of this game of buying players that are bad that are good and selling players that are bad but nobody not many people try to think about a more holistic strategy or how they are going to approach the season like like uh when i'm talking about next season uh we have a, a united team that's going to look pretty good we have a chelsea team that's going to look pretty good in attack so again we have a high variance of premium attackers so uh, and post the first 3 4 game weeks you need to try analyzing how that season is going to look and try attempting to build a strategy in terms of how you're looking to approach that season and a couple of other things is i'm uh, very proactive there's this one rule that i have in my head that you know if you know that a bigeter you like his fixtures for the next two or three and the player you need to sell to get that bigeter it's kind of a tough sell but if you're convinced uh, go in a week earlier because you're increasing your odds of catching the hall for the player going to buy so instead of giving him two or three weeks you're giving him four or five weeks that increase, in, increases the probability of catching the hall for the player that you're looking at and uh, yeah lastly i don't look at ownership too much i don't worry about it uh, i don't have any fear of ownership i look at it as an opportunity and that works in my favor Yeah. So yeah, that's that. Some some deep thought there. Really wise words there. Obviously, you, you've done this over years, and it's not. You know, have you always kept that type of strategy of you know, ro- rotating those big hitters? Like you know, you've, you've had some great finishes in the t- top two hundred, but you've always in the last what one, two, three, four, five, six years, you know, you've got some really good finishes in there. And <clears throat> have you always kind of kept to that? So it's like a risky strategy, isn't it? You know, removing those big hitters to move to another one and just chopping and changing around. Not always, not always. Uh, if you have Salah's first season, he needs to be a permanent fixture and uh, uh, you need to captain him more than 60, 70% of the times. Uh, opportunities to differentiate in terms of captaincy will be lesser. so you need to look at other ways of trying to gain gain an advantage over the other so no this isn't a strategy that uh, i will look to implement next season necessarily or it's something that people should follow season on season you you got to go with the flow adapting yeah I adapting i think that's the main word speed. yeah yes like it's a dynamic game it changes a game week is a very long period in fpl you, you have to not have rules don't have preconceived notions don't be emotional about the game and think on your feet. Yeah, some very wise words there for our listeners. I hope that helps you in some way. I think we're we're going to move it on now. We've kind of answered all the questions regarding uh, yourself and your strategy there and I think you've really articulated that well. So thank you for that. So we're we're going to move back to the topics now. 
Reactions to the game week just passed. As I mentioned, five goals for Liverpool with Manny and Salah not scoring. Man City with four goals and uh, not getting the fifth for some reason. Kane with another brace and Aubameyang blanking. Pulisic, he just looks some player at the moment. And United, have they ran out of steam? I'm going to list some key stats for the game week, which I noticed. Vardy was the biggest underachiever in the game week with an XG of 1.28 with no return. Salah was just behind him on 0.53 and Jesus on 0.52. Kane was the biggest overachiever on 0.58 XG and he scored two goals. Sterling and J-Rod registered the most shots this game week on six each. KDB joint top with Noble and Westwood for chances created on six. And uh, Burnley were equal with Man City this game week for chances created, but they were playing a nine-man Norwich team. Right, going to come to you first, Stefan. Um, what are your thoughts on the game we've just gone? Anything you've noticed? Anything which you, you're going to think about on your players that you're going to choose for the next game week? Yeah, I think uh, the most important thing for me was that we now have a lot of teams that don't have anything to play for. Uh, Arsenal, for example, they are in no man's land and don't have anything to play for. And I was planning to bring in Martinez for my Game Week 38 bench boost. I still have, have that exciting around. Yeah, but but the, the thing is, I'm a bit scared now of those kinds of kind of moves going for players that have nothing to play for against a team in Watford that has something to play for and not just something they have pretty much yeah. everything to play for. So I think that's the that's the biggest takeaway for me that a lot of teams now uh, you should maybe just ignore or stay away from the teams that are basically playing for nothing. But that oh. doesn't mean you should stay away from Pope, for example, because Burnley have declared that they are playing for Pope's Golden Glow. Yeah, so they are so, still playing for something. Then, yeah, and Inks is playing for the Golden Boot, so. You shouldn't really ignore those players. They have something to play for, even though the team doesn't really have something to play for. But other than that, I was I was fond of guys like Digne, for example, for Everton. But they face a Bournemouth, which needs to win. Maybe not the ideal game for him. And and the same 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 thing with same thing with Spurs. They are now looking like a, a must win. They are looking at the must win game, and I like their players. I think. Yeah, well, you said about the the teams playing with you know, nothing to play for, but I d- just remembering years ago when United, I think they played West Brom, and it was like five five, and I think both teams had literally nothing to play for. I think it's a case of when a team's got nothing to play for, and then they're playing a team which, like you say, Bournemouth, they need to win. It's harder to predict those games. Where I think when you've got two teams like who Sheffield United playing Southampton. They're teams which have got nothing really to play for. It's more, it's more like Liverpool, Liverpool, Newcastle. That's an, that's the hard game to guess now. I think. Yeah. How is, is, is Liverpool players still partying or are they hungover? Do they really care about the last game? Yeah. Is it a nice touch to finish finish on ninety six points for the ninety six? Do Klopp rotate? Uh, <laughs> Who knows? It's all about hunting yeah. their Instagram. And how hungover or not hungover? <laughs> keep, yeah. keep a monitor of each each player's Instagram and uh, see if they've had a drink in the last twenty four hours. Is is the key? Yeah, that'll be interesting. What about you then, Pranel? How what do you reckon of the game week and uh, you know moving forward? What have you taken from the game week just gone? Uh, I think a uh, fair few things that I uh, noticed this game week. The obvious things are that City are still going to score four or five goals every game. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, 
that's the place to start with when you're thinking about next game week as well. Uh, I quite enjoyed Liverpool's performances, but I, th- I thought they showed a fair bit of swagger in attack. And uh, you know, if they've not had too much to drink, I kind of like their fixture a lot for the final game week. Depends on how ready I think they will be. Outside of that, Spurs uh, have impressed me a lot. Uh, I think uh, slowly they look like a Mourinho team. Uh, they've done pretty well in defence, kept it tight and all of that. So, yeah, that's something that I like in the terms of they become a sort of like a steady team. Uh, I think they've had one blip against uh, Sheffield United since the restart. But apart from that, they've looked all right. So, yeah, a few things that I noticed. And being a United fan, I'm uh, absolutely dreading Sunday because I thought uh, our attackers were sort of second-guessing themselves. I thought early into restart, they were playing more fearlessly. And you could see that they weren't taking many risks. And uh, I think the last game is all about temperament when it comes to Leicester, you know, Leicester versus United. And I'm a little worried. But hoping for the best. Yeah, but we're in a situation now where Manchester United can even lose that game and go top four if Chelsea also loses, right? I think that's yes. the case. But so it looks like Leicester, they have to win or exactly. they probably need to win so they will go for it and I think that should be good for Manchester United because even though if United gets an early goal Leicester just have to push even more forward so uh, I think the yeah United I think the plays... first goal is going to be huge in that game yeah I, yeah I expect the start to be a little cagey because I mean we won't take too many risks uh, because the draw is good enough and uh, Leicester will be I don't know if they'll be going all guns placing at the start or they'll look to play slow and try to win it by a goal Tough game to call. Very tough game to call. I mean, yeah. based on skill set, uh, the Leicester defense has only one good defender in Evans there. And everybody else is pretty terrible. And United attackers have looked good. But I think it's more a game of temperament than skill. Like, if the United attackers start second-guessing themselves, I think we're in for trouble. It could, could be. But at the same yeah. time, I think Leicester, they tried against Spurs and got caught on the counter. And it's hard not to see the same thing happening against United. Because as you said, they don't, Leicester don't have any defenders, really. So even if United start out the game sitting back, they should get some good I, I don't. I don't think United are going to start that game sitting back. They're going to want to go for it in some way. I'm not sure. <laughs> they do yeah, look they, tired I, I don't at the moment, though. Do, do we see Rogers making the same mistake of having a high line again? I, I don't think he'll make that mistake. I expect it to be a cagier game. I expect I, yeah, them to I think it'll be tighter. Yeah. Yeah. I just think Leicester are missing too many players to be able to achieve anything. Maybe they can uh, have the right mentality, but I still think United should get uh, good opportunities going forward. But we'll see. And the Chelsea Wolves game is another interesting game, of course. And since I have uh, invested in Wolves and have the bench boost and nowhere to, to get rid of my Wolves players, I, I hope for a defensive masterclass from Nuno Espirito Santo in that game. So it's okay, interesting. To, yeah, I think so. Maybe a clean sheet will be lucky. But uh, speaking of Pulisic, we had some questions maybe on him and keep or sell. And I think it's... It, it's it's very strange for him because a couple of games in a row he was benched. He wasn't rested. He was benched both in the FA Cup. He right, was injured though. In, was he injured? Yeah, in he had, had, a, had a problem apparently according to uh, Lampard. And uh, oh, he wasn't going to so bring him on in this game and he did. And he's like, well, he's back to his best. So that's probably the reason. <laughs> he did, didn't look injured to yesterday. <laughs> no, he didn't. He looked absolutely incredible. Standing. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, but I think he will get it tougher against Wolves because Liverpool, mm. ever since they won the league, they, they have been sloppy in defence. And yeah. the, the pressure or the attempt of pressuring Pulisic for his goal from Trent Alexander-Arnold, that was just... Uh, it's it's terrible to watch that as a Liverpool fan and non-Pulisic owner. You expect him to do more. And I think Wolverhampton will be another kind of beast. They they will shut this down yeah. more. So I, I don't... I wouldn't bring in Pulisic or anything on the free hit just to stay away. <laughs> I think that's like maybe maybe Jimenez gets some better chances versus Chelsea. Yeah, that, counter, counter attack. That kind of answers. We had a question here from Richard Brook, um, just saying Pulisic uh, warrant a place in our game week thirty eight free hit teams. Now you reckon no on on that one, then Stefan. What about you, uh, Pranel? So I was actually talking to Utkarsh. So far, you know him well. Uh, Wolves have actually faced pretty easy teams so far. So, uh, you know, he was making the argument that maybe the stats look better than they are because of the opposition they face. But I expect it to be a compact game. Wolves are still uh, absolutely well-drilled. I don't see them conceding a lot. So, I wouldn't buy Pulisic. I wouldn't have him on my free hit, but I wouldn't sell him because he looks bang in form. The fun fact here on Wolverhampton is that they are the best team in the league in expected goals against, according to Statsbomb. They're uh, uh, ahead of Manchester City by 0.8 goals. So is that this have, season? They the best, they, over the season. So they have the yeah. best defense, sort of. And they did that without Bolle for a while, a long while, and also with a... 100 Europa League games, so yeah. I think that's very impressive. Last I last think. six, I, I did notice that they were, um, you know, they were top for big chances conceded, only conceding four big chances, and uh, that's equal with Tottenham, believe it or not, which I found <laughs> a strange stat. Um, we're in your team. Yeah, I do. I do want to come back to Tottenham actually, because when you're bigging up Tottenham, and you know I'm an Arsenal fan here, and after watching them against Bournemouth. And just seeing how terrible they actually were. I totally disagree with you saying that they are a good team. They have done well in terms of the Mourinho way and the strategy. But you look at the last couple of games, you know, 24 attempts conceded against Leicester. And even against Newcastle, it was 22 attempts. And they've done that Mourinho strategy of just shutting down games. And yeah, it has worked, but... I don't think that's going to work every single game towards the, you know next season. This is why I'm thinking maybe I'll, I'll stay away from Kane. I mean, he only got the two shots in, in the Newcastle game right at the end of the game and got those two goals. And then in the last game against Leicester, that uh, XG shows that he does take his chances and he is one of those players who can score. And yeah, I'm not saying that he won't score against Palace, but... Yeah, I can't see loads and loads of goals from him. Um, let's, let's bring it to Kane and Orba then. So we had a few questions regarding Kane or Aubameyang again. We did go over it on the last pod. A couple of us went Aubameyang. I think one of us went Kane. Where are you at with that, Pranel? First, let me correct you. I don't think Spurs uh, are a good team. Uh, I think <laughs> they're an average team. Uh, I don't rate their attack uh, too much because they don't create that many chances. I'm with you on that. Mm. Uh so Kane has been clinical enough. He's playing up front. But I'm so conflicted in that Oba versus uh, Kane debate uh, in the sense that I actually like Spurs' defense more than their attack. Uh, a lot of people are looking at Burnley. If they're looking to, uh, you know, change it up and uh, go away from the template mm. on their free hit, such and such. I think Spurs present a good opportunity. I like the defense. Pretty underrated. Uh, and Palace haven't looked in good goal scoring form. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have a dangerous player in Zaha, but... 
I like that first defense. In terms of attack, Aba versus Kane. Also, context, Kane has got few chances. He doesn't have that many shots, but he's got a fair amount of big chances in the last four game weeks and so. But I think it was also because of the nature of the opposition and the strategy. Uh, they were looking to play on the counter, so whatever chances they had were big chances. I think this game will be a whole lot different. Uh, Palace will be organized. Yeah, they've looked defensively poor, but I think they'll be organized. And uh, Sako isn't playing. Uh, I think that's a blessing for them because I don't play them at all. Uh, I think Kelly might substitute. Uh, I, I don't know if Spurs will, you know, two nil, three nil a team. Uh, I don't know if they're going to score too many goals. I feel like Watford defensively uh, might be more in trouble compared to Palace, and that might play into Arsenal's hand. Uh, so it, it's sort of like a fifty-one forty-nine decision again. Oba hasn't done much in the last four game weeks in the league. I mean, he he had an ap- absolute great performance against uh, City in the FA Cup, and he. Slooped a couple of goals against Norwich, uh, but he hasn't done much. But I still think he's looked uh, more livelier than Kane. Uh, it's a tough call, but currently I'm leaning Oba between the two. Just, just because I think Watford have a poorer defense, they will need to go for a win, and that might play into Oba's hands. Yeah, and they've also they're still managerless, and they still don't look like they're turning anything around at the moment. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Stefan, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I disagreed with you last time before mm-hmm. this game week. So mm-hmm. I went uh, with the contrary Kane shout and I'm still firmly on Kane. And mostly because Arsenal have the FA Cup final to worry about. And why? So why? Time, yeah, but this this game doesn't mean much for Arsenal. So I, I'm mm-hmm. going to go with the, the game where Spurs need to win. And looking at the injury list for Crystal Palace with Milivojevic out, Tompkins out, Kale out, Van Arnold out, and Sako, of course, uh, I, I agree with Ronel that uh, it would be better if he played. <laughs> but but uh, even though they have a lot of injuries, and I, I see Spurs pressing the whole game. But on a free hit, I would actually... I had a couple of attackers maybe in my draft later on. But I'm looking for my team at uh, double up on defense because I need to bring in the goalkeeper for my bench boost. And I think Loris is uh, maybe the best shout this game week. Yeah. Uh, other than Pope, of course. Yeah, I think so if, you, if, you, if, you, if you want to go a bit differential and go against Burnley, if you need to catch up some points and hope that Brighton scores a goal. I think Loris can be a good option in a double up with Aurier, for example. Yeah, let's bring back to that one, uh, Pranel. I know you said uh, options outside of Pope and outside of Burnley for clean sheets. Now, you're totally agreeing with Stefan there and Loris is a shout? Yeah, I like that Spurs defence. I actually have one Spurs defender. defender in my free hit team. I might make that too, uh, depending on how I feel. But yeah, I like that Spurs defence a lot. Outside of that... Uh, uh, you maybe look at a Southampton defense because Sheffield haven't looked uh, very good in attack. So I like their defense. And uh, I actually uh, also really like the Villa defense. I know West Ham have been, uh, you know, in good form and all that, but Villa are absolutely fighting for their uh, lives. And I think they've been mm. one of the best defenses since uh, we've had restart. Absolute mm. flip of how that defense has behaved. And uh, I quite actually like, uh, for people again who are looking for a differential, Matt Target. Again, he's got a decent amount of uh, attacking threat uh, as well. He links up well on that side. Could be a shout. Could be, yeah. Could be a differential. I mean, Villa Villa probably 
Yeah, they, they need at least a draw, so they're going to go for it, aren't they? Uh, well, do they need at least a draw? They're, they're going to go for this game. They can't rely on other matches to you know, make sure they stay up. And I mean, what they did against Arsenal was just, it was almost a Jose masterclass and scoring and then just shut and shot and they didn't let anything through. Not a single shot on target. No. Aston yeah. Villa needs to match the Watford result. If they do that, they stay up. If, uh, but maybe if both of them lose, Bournemouth can stay mm. up if they win their game. But they're not going to go into that game thinking, oh, we'll, you know, we'll just go for a draw. I don't think. Well, do they have many other options than trying to defend and counter? Mm. I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I still I also like the Aston Villa defense, and I have looked at Pepe Reina as my <laughs> second goalkeeper. If if I need need the funds, he's uh, 4.2, I think. So yeah, you've got you won't the, get it any cheaper than that. You've got uh, the Nyland in the back of your head on your free hit, scoring you an eight pointer. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but why not go back to, yeah, <laughs> to yeah, Pepe Reina? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think add, uh, add to the stats as well. Uh, for the the second best defense when it comes to big chances conceded since the restart. So, you know, statistically yeah. they've done well as well. Yeah. I wanted to add that. And I think one thing we missed out in the Oba versus Kane debate, I actually wanted to ask you, since you're an Arsenal fan, you think we could see limited minutes for Oba? So it could yeah. be like 60 minutes for Oba versus 90 for yeah. Kane. It yeah, could be. It could I, be. I think I think it might be. Um, just because yeah, we now don't have anything really to play for other than league position in terms of seventh, uh, in terms of eighth, ninth, or tenth. I mean, we can't go below tenth now. That's probably in the back of their mind. But this team now, I think we do have to play the team which is going to play in the FA Cup final because I think we've got to make sure we're, we're switched on. We lost against Villa. And that's going to be a negative. We need a positive. And, you know, Watford are there for the taking. I think this will be a 60 minutes for Aubameyang probably maximum. And that's that's what's putting me off from bringing him in, actually. Uh, the, he rested Aubameyang for Liverpool mm-hmm. before the FA Cup semi-final. So I wouldn't be too sure of him getting those 90 minutes at least. And if that's the case, Kane and his 90 should be better for yeah. me at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree with that, um, but out of the two, I would prefer a Bamiyang if he plays. But yeah, I think based on... That's because we, you're we, an Arsenal fan, James. Yeah, I love you're Arsenal. Biased. <laughs> Even when <laughs> yeah. we lose. Yeah, no, true. Right, let, let's uh, let's move it on then. So let's go to kind of the free hit teams and captaincy. And um, let's talk about strategy then. I think I'm going to merge this with the listener questions as we were just then. So, And then we'll reveal the free hit teams near the end. Stefan and I are not on free hit but Pranel is and I'm sure you're dying to find out how he has set up for this game week so well, let, let's think about strategy then so what position you're in and how you think you're going to go about it and how you're going to form your free hit team so we had a question here from Paul Mahan he's saying uh, how do you use your free hit when defending a small lead about 10 points is it different than what you'd do when chasing by 10 or 20 points so Pranel what do you reckon of uh, that particular question do you think you should change how you're doing it depending on if you're ahead or if you're behind uh, personally, I wouldn't do it because I always play for overall rank, but I completely understand somebody playing for their league and money could be involved. Yeah. So if I was defending a lead, uh, I wouldn't take that many gambles. Start with your three best city assets. Don't need to look anywhere else. And uh, I would go with three city attackers. I've seen a few people asking about 
going for a city defender but this this city have average they generally do four or five goals against everybody and now they're facing norwich uh so and they don't play for another 12 days so i think they will feel the fairly strong team and i wouldn't be surprised if we see more than five goals here so you want as much of as many of those points as possible outside of that uh, we spoke about arsenal that could be a fixture worth targeting we spoke about uh, uh, spurs that could be a fixture worth targeting uh, the leicester united game is difficult to call right now i really like the liverpool game uh, i think if they feel the strong team uh, newcastle haven't looked very convincing in defense so uh, i think uh, the liverpool attackers are getting overlooked So if if you're defending the lead definitely have a uh, Salah in there because I think he'll be in a lot of free hit team. Uh and if you're chasing I don't like uh, I I really like uh, Mane as a shout as well. Also just a, a bit of superstition but Mane tends to love game week 38. He's had a couple of braces in the last game week of the season. I like him as a shout. Uh he's not done much. So if you're chasing I quite like Mane mm. as a shout. Yeah. Outside I- of that So the Southampton versus Sheffield game Ings is going for the uh golden boot uh Southampton have looked absolutely amazing since the restart uh without having without having anything to play for and I still like that attack uh, Sheffield has sort of been like a Jekyll and Hyde team not shown up except for maybe that Spurs game so uh, Sheffield United sorry uh, shout out to SPL Blade because he keeps correcting me uh <laughs> uh So yeah, I like the Southampton fixture as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, let's move it back to that particular question then in terms of being 10 points ahead or 10 points behind. You can base your strategy on copying like other teams and such. How would you do it then, Stefan? If you were like 10 points behind or 10 points ahead, how would you structure your free hit? Would you look at those other teams and react accordingly? I think with 10 points ahead or 10 points behind I think I would just go for the optimal team in my eyes either way because I don't think 10 points is or even 20 is is enough to to yeah. change your strategy mm-hmm. because I I would just put out the 11 guys I hope is doing the best and hope that my rival which is 20 points ahead of me for example will do some mistakes and that might happen yeah. nobody it's very hard to play this game perfectly So with with 20 points I'm I'm not sure but you could of course pick to differentiate in in one sort of way and you you know that a lot of free hit teams will have Burnley in, in defense so we could pick another team and go triple defense for example from from that exactly. team and make make that as a differential pick pick a team you like for a clean sheet and the the more risky the clean sheet the more <laughs> the more gain you can you can get mm. from it yeah Yeah, I, I think how, however differential you want to go to not compromise on the city attack. <laughs> no, 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 I, I agree. And, and in my case, I'm uh, at a weird spot this spot this season. I am not happy with my overall rank anyway, so I'm fighting to stay in the Norwegian Elite 64 league, which has been my uh, only excitement lately. Um, and in that league, I'm sort of 20 points up on a few guys. Uh, because uh, 14 will get relegated or something and and in that case I'm I'm looking even without a free hit to try to at least block something uh, maybe block Sterling by getting him in even for a minus four just to make sure I don't go down and if you're ahead that sort of decision is uh, is fairly okay I think and I wouldn't go without the city guys like Sterling for example and 
on the field also to defend, like Brunel said, get Salah maybe, because those two guys can really end up hurting you if you don't own them in in the, the last game week. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of going for the team that you truly believe in. Or what you could do is you could just completely scrap your free hit team and then just copy someone else's like Pronounce. So that is an option. Uh, there, there is another question from FPL Rover just saying uh, for someone hovering around the 20k rank, what are some tips to make the final lunge towards the top 10k? So he doesn't have any mini league worries and he doesn't mind if he just goes down. So how would you, let's bring this to the players more now then. So which players would you definitely go for if you're really looking for a major boost for now? Um, all right. So I already uh, mentioned Mane. I like him as a shout a lot. Mm. Uh, and uh, also you've got to make sure you don't give your captaincy to a popular asset. I think uh, most of the people are going to captain Sterling. I think he is by far the most uh, popular and informed shout uh, for the captaincy this game. So maybe you look at uh, captaining another city attacker who's as explosive. Uh, that can be De Bruyne, that can be Mares, that can be Hessels. I like all three of them. Uh, if you're sentimental, uh, David Silva is a good pick as well. So go differential with your captain because that's something I use it a lot of the times and it's worked in my favor. I see no problem captaining someone like a Jesus or a Mares this game because they have that explosive potential. And by default of being in the city front three, they will get their chances. So you could get lucky on a day. It's, it's much more difficult to predict... Uh, how a single game week will go. Uh, so uh, take a few risks, it's fine. Uh, I wouldn't uh, still, you know, go as far as capturing a game because I feel like City are good for four or five goals. I don't see that with uh, a Spurs, no. uh, for example. Uh, I'd probably maybe see that with uh, Liverpool because I trust their attack a lot more than I trust the Spurs or the Arsenal attack. So something like that. And I really like uh, Stefan's shout uh, where everybody's going uh, Burnley in their defence. You cheer for Mope and Trossa to show up and treble on another defence that you fancy. Yeah, good shout. What about you then, Stefan? Which players do you think are worth that final lunge towards top 10k? I think I basically agree with Pranel. Captain, uh, a City player that most others don't have. Choose maybe three City players that most others don't have. Uh, just leave out Sterling, leave out Salah, leave out De Bruyne and hope for the best, I, I guess. <laughs> I think... People can look at it a, a different way. If you if you're looking for something huge, like look at the players which you know have made those hat tricks. The likes of Son, he's you know he's had hat tricks, or the likes of even Mora. I've listed two Spurs players, and we've just slagged off their attack, mm-hmm. but they are capable of hat tricks. And you know, even the likes of Grealish, you know, Villa not great in attack, but. He can get a goal or two. Maybe West Ham are going to dumb down a little bit because they know they're safe, etc. Or even Perez from Leicester. I mean, I, I had an argument around the um, Leicester players and against United. Obviously, we were talking earlier about how United they have gotten a little bit tired now. Do we think that that game is just going to go United attacking? And just because uh, Leicester do have so many players out, so they, they've had to do a makeshift defence, etc. But for me, I, I do think there are there are opportunities for Leicester here and maybe even going for the likes of Prez or even Vardy. I have Vardy in my team and I was all set for removing Vardy for Aubameyang, but thinking about it more, looking at us having the FA Cup final next week and it is a must-win game for Leicester. Vardy's stats have improved you know, in the last 
last game week alone, he is a massive underachiever with that XG. United look a little bit shaky at the back and tired. Now, there is something which I did watch. I watched the video sent to me by FPL Rover, and it was all about Vardy. And it said, Vardy scores three main types of goals. Predatory, goals running in behind, and penalties. So the main type of goal is running in behind. That's the one he mainly scores. So he receives a pass that having time to run beyond the defensive line. So the most common is from running into a through ball or onto a through ball after a counter-attack of two to three passes or fewer. So he scored over 100 goals now. So 12 of his 82 non-penalty goals were scored in this way. Now, United also need to win, so they're probably going to have a lot of the ball and opening it up for counter-attack. So that's my thought around maybe people could go for someone like that. I mean, this brings me to a question we had from Neil, uh, highest ceiling uh, anti-template move. Now, I think that maybe the likes of Vardy or someone like Perez or even you know Barnes could be that shout. What do, what do you think of that? Yeah, yeah I, I can see that going into a game uh, having to win. Is uh, you know you have to go all out. So I do see that shot. I would I wouldn't want to recommend it because I'm a United fan and bias this coming to play here. But mm. I am worried about Leicester having that mindset. Just a couple of uh, differentials also. I mean, you touched on Son. Uh, a friend of mine actually pointed out that uh, Ward, who plays for Palace, is actually really terrible, and he's been responsible for conceding a fair amount of goals on the left hand side. That is where uh, Son operates. I mean, if you look at the previous game, uh, Johnny from the left-hand side, Foden played on the left-hand side. Uh, I think Johnny uh, did uh, uh, ward for that goal that he scored. Same with uh, when United played against uh, Palace as well. Rashford absolutely took uh, ward to the cleaners when it comes to scoring that goal. So he is a fairly big weakness in that Palace defence. And I looked at uh, the goals conceded uh, map on on the fantasy football stat area and I noticed that they do tend to concede a fair amount of shots on their left side, which is where Son operates. So, just a little bit of uh, stats backing up that Son call. Mm, and uh, I wanted to come to another differential I like, actually, is from your team. Lacazette has played uh, 80 minutes fewer than Oba in the last four game weeks. And he's had three more returns compared to Oba in the last four game weeks as well. Uh, and he's got he's, he's matching Oba statistically. So, again, a pretty decent uh, Differential shout, and you'd have to think that he's going to protect Arteta is going to protect Aba more than Laka. So Laka could get a few more minutes in that game. So a decent differential shout. Yeah. And the last thing, uh, I think uh, the Everton Bournemouth game is incredibly uh, difficult to call. It can be an absolute drab game because Everton haven't done anything since the restart, and Bournemouth have to. But the fact that Bournemouth have to go for it, the fact that uh, Pickford is involved. Uh, it can be one of those end-of-the-day chaotic 3-3 games. I mean, if I had to pick one of the games that could be chaotic, despite the lack of quality, uh, I like that Everton versus Bournemouth game. Okay, yeah, good shouts. What about you and Stefan? Uh, a lot to take in. Back to the, back to the <laughs> Leicester United game. As it, Leicester is the team that needs to win, so... If you're going for Vardy, I think your only hope is sort of that Leicester gets an early goal somehow and United then having to chase because then they will be out if they if they lose. Uh, that will give Vardy some ideal working, ideal situations to work in. But o- other than that, I think Vardy, you can keep him, of course. You don't need to sell Vardy for the last he, game. He, he is going to own he, Maguire. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, he, he's been very good, I think. Uh, you mentioned his uh, expected goals against Tottenham mm. and the game before that against Sheffield United. I've never seen Vardy as good as in that game and how he managed to just come away with one assist in that game was just uh, very, very strange, very unlucky for the owners. So I think Vardy is in form despite not scoring a lot of goals. And he could, of course, do damage, but I don't look at him as a, as a great differential. Can, can, I, can I just quickly list his stats, just because I've got them here in front of yeah. me. Um, we're moving on probably after him. So uh, he is currently top in the last six game for attempts. He is second for big chances in the last six on seven, just behind Jesus on eight. So he's ahead of the likes of Giroud, Kane, Aubameyang. Aubameyang's stats are not good. Uh, Ings, Rashford. So he is beating them in particular stats and it's just it's the Maguire thing I know he is as slow as a camel particularly when he's running backwards so it is laughable just that I know Rogers he does like to have a possession-based game and I think he you know he tried that against Spurs but like Pranella said I don't think that he's going to go into this game wanting to do the same thing he did against Spurs because I think he knows it's going to going to ruin him uh, so I do think he's going to hold back a little bit more so yeah, yeah. that's just backing up Ke- sorry carry on with what you were but, saying yeah and other than that I think the Liverpool guys uh, Mane of course but also Robertson he's he was at 6% ownership in the top 10k before this game week or, or during this game week and Van Dijk at 12% and he can of course score a couple of headers if you're really lucky so I think uh, you can do a lot by just switching uh, switching out Alexander Arnold and Salah and go with the other guys in Liverpool, of course. Great um, different Differentiated that way. And also, of course, the Spurs guys are not highly owned. Son is also. I put Son in my, my free hit uh, team that you're going to go through later, James, because I, I also think he's been, he's been doing better lately. He was a bit out of it uh, after the break when Mourinho played. I'm not sure how much he has played. I'm not a football tactician. Of the, I'm not that good of a football tactician, but I, mm. I felt that Aurier was pushed further up on the right side. And basically the whole attack went through the right side at uh, after the restart. And that's why I also liked Aurier a bit. But I think in the, in the last games, Aurier has been held back a bit more. And Davis has also gone up on his side and a lot more of Spurs attack has gone through the left side with Son. Son was a bit anonymous early on but I think he's found his spots now and he can score a hat-trick in pretty much any game, especially in the last game against Crystal Palace without much of defenders and as Pernell said Ward is a liability. Anything more to say on that one, Pernell? Uh, yes, no, I think we've covered all the differentials. I mean, just the one thing that uh, you know, you spoke about which is the Leicester United game. If if United score that early goal, that could play into their hands, and we could see likes of Rashford or Marshall Holling. I mean, they will look to take them on the counter. They, they haven't that's played the whole, well. Sorry. Go yeah, on. that's that's the only thing. If yeah. United score that first goal, we could see a hole. Yeah. Tough game to call. They just haven't looked very good in the last four games, really, for me. I mean, they. Yeah. They didn't play well in the FA Cup uh, semi-final as well. De Gea seems to be having a mare. He's low on confidence as well. And Vardy loves to punish the weak, i.e. he loves to punish Arsenal all the time. You know, he is hungry, I, th- I think, and I think he's wary about that golden boot. So, I I, I mean, I've got him in my team 
I'm not necessarily saying that uh, you should bring him into your free heat teams, but he could be a random differential. That's why I, I was looking at doing the Vardy to Aubameyang move, and I still might. It's still an option, but I'm kind of almost convincing myself to to try and you know hang on to him and then just go for someone else. Yeah. So. You, you can find you can find better transfers, I think, than bringing yeah. out Vardy for Aubameyang. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, right, let's move it on then. Okay, so I'm going to move it back to Man City again. So we had a few questions here based on Man City. Uh, one from uh, Mr. Hindsight is just saying, the best nailed explosive Man City 3. Pranel, who do you reckon are the best? Um, so I think, uh, I mean, what I have done throughout since we started going for the City Fun 3. Uh, so I think uh, Sterling and Jesus are my top two. Because uh, they get the most chances, they get the most big chances, they get the most shots in the box. So I like those two players first, and then it comes to picking between uh, KDB, Mares, or David Silva, uh, based on how you want to go. Mares hasn't actually looked that good in the last three or four game weeks, but he does. He's he's a, he's a very explosive and a selfish player, so I like that about him. Uh, the appeal of KDB has gone down a little bit if uh, David Silva is going to take the direct free kicks and if. Uh, Sterling is going to take the penalties. Uh, so his appeal goes down, but he's still chasing that uh, record. I, I think he needs uh, two more assists to surpass Thierry Henry, who trains him in Belgium. So they have a bit of banter going. So I think he will be looking for that uh, record. So, you know, he's, he's good for two or three assists in that game. And uh, David Silva, obviously, is going to be the final swan song. It's his last game. Uh, but if I had, if I, if I was put on the line and if I had to pick three, I'd say Jesus. Uh, Sterling and uh, Mares if he starts. Okay, Stefan, what do you reckon? Well, I think uh, at this point, with the information we have by now, no leaked lineups, I will guess KDB because of what Pranel said with him needing those two assists to beat the record. I mm. think he really wants that record, and it might be even more important to to go for that record than Sterling trying to score four goals to tie the golden boot with Vardy. And uh, other than that, of course, Sterling needs to be in there, even though he was spotted in France just now. So yeah. he's having a couple of days he's on in the beach. The beach. <laughs> yeah, so who knows if he's going to start or what that means. And it probably means that City will have fun in the last game and don't care too much about it. But that doesn't really account for anything because they will score four, five, six, seven goals. I wasn't too impressed uh, in his post-match interview, actually, something I should mention. He was like, yeah. I hope team, uh, the team plays for the team goals rather than the individual goals. I think maybe Sterling was being too selfish. Maybe that's why he was subbed off as a C. I don't... Maybe he'll get no, benched. You'll put out there, Pranel. He's going to yeah. get benched. Pep, Pep mentioned that. that <laughs> yeah. He mentioned that in his post-match uh, little interview that I saw. That he wasn't too pleased that people are going for the individual records. So you don't know what's happening there. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, I think Pep is... Do you remember the Wolves game where Sterling was taking the penalty? And he missed he missed the first penalty and he got the, an opportunity to to take the penalty again because of some encroachment was it from a Wolves player hmm. and the first penalty was so terrible and Pep was on the sidelines and yelling and screaming and trying <laughs> to, to to make them switch penalty takers when they could take the penalty once more and and Sterling missed that one as well I think and he is scoring the rebound just as now so. Pep being uh, it's a terrible uh, penalty taker. <laughs> yeah, so but but okay, this penalty wasn't too bad really. But yeah, Foster I thought it was a, a good penalty, save. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it was much better than Inks's penalty, uh, by the way. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Which was not good at all. But I think Pep, uh, he, he don't like those kind of things, so he can be pissed off with Sterling, and that's why he, he took him off. And uh, he can do stuff like that, but I'm not sure if he... <laughs> the thing is, if, if of course, we get some leaked news you and Sterling is benched, you don't bring him in. But you, other than that, if we know nothing more, you should start Sterling and, of course, captain him. Yeah. Uh, so Sterling, KDB, and the last one, I'm, I'm going to go sentimental on David Silva. Because KDB gave up his penalties to Sterling without much... Thought and I think he will do the same to David Silva. I'm not sure Sterling will get another penalty. Maybe if he's already scored three goals and he's looking for his fourth. But uh, other than that, why shouldn't David Silva get to take them? Uh, however, uh, City play one more time at home before he leaves against Real Madrid. That uh, second leg is played in in Manchester, so he he might get one more chance to to play at home. So that should also uh, ease the, the call and put some ice in the veins of those who think Silva will go off in the 21st minute, just like uh, John Terry did for a yeah, few years I don't think in the 26th. That's, that's <laughs> no, yeah, I don't, I think I don't see it happening either. And that's the thing also with David Silva. Whereas uh, a guy like Mars or Foden or Jesus, for example, I think it's more likely that David Silva plays the full 90 minutes. Why, why won't you give him the whole game or... There's no crowds there to clap him off, so you shouldn't. Why? Why will you take him off? Why not let him have his fun and play just like he did versus Bournemouth, but this time with maybe a stronger squad beside him. So I, I do like David Silva. So he's yeah. he's getting a nod ahead of uh, Jesus for me. Sorry, Panel, you were gonna say so? Yeah, just uh, I, I mean I do expect him to uh, play most of the people except for David Silva. I don't expect him to start against Madrid, but he will want to work on team chemistry. And it's his last chance to have all these attackers playing together. So I, I do yeah. feel that he's going to field a very His best uh, team. strong yeah. team yeah. in this. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. Mm. I agree with that. But at the same time, I think maybe a guy like Gundogan will start against Real Madrid or Bernardo Silva. At least yeah. someone more defensive than David Silva. I'm not sure. As, as you said, I, I don't think he will start against Real Madrid. It David Silva be... hasn't actually played many of the big games this season. He's played more of oh. the easier at-home games. Yeah, so I think uh, he will play and the rest of the team should maybe be the team that plays Real Madrid. I'm not sure, yeah. but if I were, were to guess, that would be my guess. Yeah, I agree with that. The, uh, the, I mean, he didn't play against Watford at all, so you know he's he's definitely starting, although you know, Pep, yeah. Pep can do anything, so who actually knows. Right, let, let's get it to the um, free hit teams then. Stefan, you've put together your own little free hit team. You're not on free hit, but I just want to list what your thinking is and who you think the best players are to go for to move up and rank. Do you want to just list out your team so far? Yeah, it's basically Pope at the back and uh, Peters or Kevin Long or Bardsley. Pick your poison from from Burnley, but I think it's worth the top up if you're yeah if you're going for the maximum amount of points. That's because they are so cheap the the defenders. Uh, so mostly for the price. Aurier is in there. I'm going to go heavy on Spurs, and I like Aurier. He's good on bonus points, and he, he should play, of course. If he has played the last two games, despite his brother passing away, I'm pretty sure he starts the last game. And Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think, at least for those who have him, uh, he's at he's you bought him at a lower price, so he, he's, he will be tough to sell. 
if you don't have any Arnold in your team before and you have in are short on cash, Robertson is a good alternative. And in midfield, I'm I'm going with Sterling, David Silva, and despite my me saying just KDB should should be in there, uh-huh. I, I I took a more wild punt in going for Son and also with Martial. I just love Martial too much lately to 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 get rid of him on a, if I had a free hit. I think he he can still do some damage against Leicester. And of course, it's uh, Son doesn't need to be there. He could be De Bruyne, but I, I like to just go for for Spurs. So put Son in there, Sterling, David Silva, Martial, and up top, Ings, Jesus, and Kane. After we've just been slagging off Spurs. Uh, yeah, I didn't slag them off too much. But <laughs> oh, I, true. Think, I uh, did. <laughs> I, I, threw, I threw this together before, and mainly it's my thoughts behind it would be I like Manchester City because they will score 100 goals. So you have to have those mm-hmm. guys in. And other than that, go for the guys that have something to play for and throw in Alexander-Arnold because he can score 20 points. Okay, yeah, decent team. Uh, well, it'll be interesting, actually. We'll, we'll toss up the amount of points that that actually gets and then see if that actually beats your current team as well. Right, we'll, we'll come to you then, uh, Pranel. What about your team that you've got together on your free hit? This is this is my current thinker at the moment. I mean, in no way is it my final team. I don't think any of us will have our uh, final team in place until two minutes before the deadline. Mm. Uh, but this is what I'm looking at right now. I have Pope in, uh, as my goalkeeper uh, because uh, Brighton are the king of low XG shots. So uh, they could he could have a few saves to make and still uh, get that clean sheet. Uh, like Stefan, I have Aurier and Trent in there. I really like the sports defense. He spoke about it. And Trent is capable of a 15-pointer on any given day. So I like him in there. Uh, my third playing defender is Peters. But I'm actually uh, thinking if I want to bet against the Burnley defense and maybe uh, go different here. So I'm looking at either target. I'm looking at target for that spot because I do like uh, Villa, uh, the Villa's defense. Aston Villa's defense. In uh, midfield, again, like Stefan, I have Sterling and David Silva there. Uh, I might look for an opportunity to upgrade David Silva to Mares if I can, if he's starting. Uh, my other two midfielders, and this is the gamble I'm taking, and I'm, I'm going with Salah and Mane, uh, because I like the Liverpool fixture a lot. And uh, if uh, we get some news or some indication that Klopp is going to field uh, a fairly uh, strong team, then I don't have any problem with doubling up on the Liverpool mid because I trust their attack more than Spurs or uh, Arsenal. Mm. Uh, in uh, in the forward line, I have Asus, I have Ings, and I have Greenwood. Uh, I think Greenwood got a rest, uh, and that showed a lot in the last game because he looked precious. He looked the freshest out of all our attackers. Ings is going for the golden boot. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty obvious pick. And yeah, Asus is Asus. He's, he's uh, getting four or five shots a game and I kept thinking that he's got a two goal, three goal, four goal game inside him. Could get lucky yeah. in 38. Yeah. But I just I just like to add a couple of things here, uh, which I think are pretty important. Uh, you know, people need to manage their expectations when it comes to picking a team for like a uh, single game week. It, it's very difficult to call the goal scorers in one game week. So, I mean, don't be too upset. Just enjoy. It's your last uh, hurrah this season. Don't worry about it too much and don't get too upset if it doesn't work because it's very difficult to predict the scorers in one game week. And, uh, uh, you know, if we do get a bit of uh, early team news, I would probably have two or three drafts prepared in front of me 
uh, you know, so that we can work with various kinds of permutations and combinations. And uh, I would say stay away from Twitter, stay away from all the noise in those last 10, 15 minutes and just figure out your team yourself. Uh, and also just don't look at whether your player is uh, starting or not. I mean, for example, if Liverpool feels a weak team where we have Salah starting with uh, Origi and uh, Minamino, you know. So then, then I'm going off Liverpool a bit because I... I'd like it if they had more starters in there. Yeah. So, like, look, look at these factors as well. You know, just not the players whether they're starting, but whether the manager is starting a strong team or a weak team. That should influence your thinking when you're making those uh, important calls in the last uh, 10, 15 minutes. And whatever happens, uh, finalize your team before two minutes. We don't trust the FPL servers. And you don't want to <laughs> not okay that team. So, just do it two minutes in advance. Yeah, definitely. Could have asked yeah. someone. I think I like that team better than mine. To be, to be fair. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I have the value to bring in both Salah and Mane, but if, if Liverpool starts a, a full 11, I guess those two guys will beat uh, Son and Kane. Yeah, they're due. Salah is due, and he's staying. Yeah, he's been due, and he's been he's been doing my team for a while now, James. But uh, I'm not seeing those goals. I know (laughs) it's quite painful, but uh, yeah, hopefully it's going to come this week. I I agree. I mean, I suppose the the thing about your team there as well, Pranel, was that you've moved away from the likes of Marshall and Bruno. You haven't got them in there, so that is one thing that flag. Also, you don't have uh, Aubameyang or Kane because I think I agree with you. I think the not really the options this game week. I don't think they are. I think you need to be mounting up on those good midfielders, and there's plenty of them. Yeah, no, I, I don't think uh, I, I don't think they're bad picks. Oba and Kane are perfectly good picks. It's just I feel like uh, putting my money more on the Liverpool mid. That's all. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're kind of done with the the free hit. We had a few questions here from people with uh, the non-free hitters. One from FPL Mate Till Thirty Eight, a great name. For the non-free hitters, is a minus four hit worth it? Pranel, you've done a few hits in your time. What about for this last game? Do you reckon it's worth it? If what? you're bringing in a city attacker, definitely. Wombs, if you've got city city attackers, just say people got Foden. Um, do you think that he's worth the minus four to to bring in the likes of maybe Sterling? Absolutely, one hundred percent. I would. But, I mean, it, uh, not a Foden starting. I mean, if you have that news, mm. but if you're bringing in a City attacker that's starting, you have to play the odds and bring that. I think it's worth four points. And what about you, Stefan? Would you would you do my dilemma then, Pranel? Do I uh, take out Salah for Sterling for a hit? Oh, that's a tough one because. <laughs> I think, I, I think, uh, I mean, Sterling and Salah are fairly, I mean, I don't see too much of a difference between those two. Uh, I mean, what else can you improve in your team in comparison to Sterling versus Salah? I can prepare my bench, uh, bench boost better, but, uh, I think in general with this taking hits in the last game, like, I don't think it mathematically works out in your favor. You should have a pretty strange team if you, if you're supposed to go plus with a minus four over the long run, since it's only one game week. But the, the case for me would be to to basically sacrifice some points to to block Sterling captains as he can send me out of some leagues I, I like to be in. But I, I don't think that's, that move is going to pay off for me, but I think it might uh, put me in a position where I, I don't have a disaster in a, a, a game week. Okay. But, uh, I definitely think differently. I think it's worth it, especially given the city fixture. 
I think it's worth it. I mean, it's, yeah, it's I good. Think I'm, I'm leaning towards not... doing it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I done, Fernando. So. You've managed to convince Stefan to do something that he wasn't previously going to do. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a. I was maybe going to do it, but I think it's a it's a tough one. And I was hoping, I was scared when you put both Salah and Mane in your free hit team because it means you you're betting uh, on the opposite of me. I, I think maybe Liverpool aren't that hungry the last game. Maybe I was a bit uh, caught up in the celebration last night, thinking they they're basically finished with their season. However, they scored five goals on Chelsea, so it's it's tough not to to bet bet for them. It's a risk for sure. I mean, I could lose one of them if I'm convinced about a Kane or Oba. But it's where I am right now. Two, three days to think yeah. about it. It's a long time. Uh, your risk, your risk is basically no KDB in in this team. And other than that, it's pretty much. Yeah, I, I haven't owned him for more than ten games this season. I've never captained him. KDB is sort of like an Achilles heel for me this season. Yeah. It makes sense. You talked also about your decision to bring in Sterling after a couple of game weeks after the restart. And yeah. I had the same option. I was on a Mane one game week punt against Aston Villa and I was bringing in the City guy and I I went for De Bruyne. And those those small decisions are adding up to a lot of points at this point. <laughs> Not a point. I, I don't have Sterling for the last game week, so I would have spared myself for a hit also. But, uh, do you do not have another route to Sterling except for selling Salah? Uh, not if I'm not going to do a minus eight. So I won't do okay. a minus eight. And I think the the best move for me is to bring in another goalkeeper this week for free. I think that move will give me most points because I have Leno, which is injured, and I have the bench boost. So I think getting a playing goalkeeper is my best move for, for my free free transfer. We're over to Trappens now, James. <laughs> we, we're, we are almost there, but I'm dying for a piss, and you two are gabbing on like nothing else. I'm, I'm going to go. So we will be right back for the Arsenal's piss. Okay, and welcome back from the Arsenal's Piss Break. We will talk about partner chat briefly. So, Mikhail Tokvam's algorithm. Now, he's given me a free hit team. Now, I don't think he actually knows that I don't have the free hit. But I'm going to list the free hit team which he's given me. So, he reckons, according to his algorithm, Pope is the best option in goal to go with Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. So, two Liverpool. And then Braithwaite, which he's spelt wrong, at the back by looks of it, with Williams and Tanganga probably the bench options there a midfield of Sterling Silva Mares, Antonio and Salah five in midfield there and then strikers looks like he's gone for Ings and Wood with Nketiah on the bench so he's not gone for a Kane or Orba there either so that looks like the optimal free hit team according to the transfer algorithm and Captain Sterling would be the main one he would go for there if you want to know more from Mikhail it's patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm for just $1.50 a month we're also partnered with Fancy Football Hub and I think they've 
we've still got a trial offer on. So fantasyfootballhub.co.uk, go there and sign up. There are good stats which they provide as well. We're also partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles on Twitter. He does have a drawing ready for me to post with this one. So looking forward to that. Right, trapped-ins, transfers and captains and the best choice of captain. So I'm going to start on my team because it's my pod, i do what I want. Um, I've got the conundrum here on whether or not I bring in Sterling for a hit, which I think Pramil was going to say, yeah, do that, do that. Or I just go Foden to... Uh, silver. So I've got De Bruyne, Mares, and Foden of my city players, and I can either go Foden to silver. Maybe I can even go De Bruyne to Mares. I've got two point two in the bank. I'm actually going to push this out and ask you guys, what do you do in my position? I've got Vardy, and I was looking to do the Vardy to Aubameyang, but now I'm kind of put off by that. Although I've just seen an article that Arteta has confirmed what I said earlier in the pod and is going to play his strongest team to get that momentum going for the Watford game mm. for the FA Cup final. I've just seen that confirmed that he's come out and said that. So, Pranel, I'm going to come to you first. On my team, what would you do if you had my team and you're in that predicament? You had Foden, you have Foden, Mares, and KDB, right? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't switch them if uh, all of them are starting. Mm. But if you have a non-starting city attacker that you find out about, I'd uh, get a starting city attacker in place. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you would you do the hit? Just say Foden's benched, and you know Sterling's starting. Would you take out Vardy? And bring in Enketia, maybe play Greenwood off the bench and then Foden to Sterling for a hit. Yep, I would. <laughs> and what about you then, Stefan? On my team, how would you assess that? Because I think we are helping other people with that decision as well. Yeah, so you have one free transfer, right? Or two? Just one, yeah. Yeah, just one. Uh, so in your case, I can see that this game week you benched Greenwood and started Foden. Mm-hmm. So that, that means you have a, a very good eighth midfielder. So to me, you can, if Foden is benched, you can bench Foden and do De Bruyne to stall a Sterling captain. That would be my pick. I think uh, captain is the most important thing to cover here. And I don't believe that the hit is uh, mathematically correct at this stage of the season. So that would cover both Sterling captain and no hit. So that would be my choice. And you, you get to keep Salah as well. Yeah, uh, there's no plan on me moving out Salah at all. It's, it's only whether or not I move out Vardy at home to United, who I do think he's going to get something there, um, or the Foden thing. So I suppose it's wait on team news, and I'm all up in the air. Uh, I've got my captaincy on Mares at the moment, but I don't think he's going to get full 90. I think it's going to be 60 minutes. I may change that. I did change it back to Salah, so I'm everywhere at the moment. Going to come to you first, Pranel. What's your thoughts on the captaincy then? Is it all on Sterling? You've listed your free hit team and you're going to change that. Is it definitely Sterling? Sterling or maybe a, a different city attacker if I fancy going differential in a hope to get a single-digit finish at the end of the Who season. else would you get? Uh, so, I mean, I'm on a free hit for 38. Mm. So maybe Jesus or Mares if I fancy it. Otherwise, I think Sterling is on paper, the best smart choice there is for this game. Okay. And what was if uh, people were opting to go for something completely different from a city attacker? Who would you go? Uh, if if uh, any one of the front three that are starting. 
I, I don't think... No, uh, no, but who would, you, who would you go if you couldn't go, if you d- didn't want to go a city attacker, if you wanted to go for someone else and go... If there were, if there were listeners out there thinking, right, well, I, I think that I'm not going to gain on anyone if I captain a city player, so I want to captain someone else. Who else would you captain or who else would you go for? If we, if we get to know that uh, Liverpool are facing their... Uh, are, are fielding a good, strong team, uh, if you want to play a little safe, Salah, if you want to... Go absolutely differential. I like Mane as a shout. I like Mane more than Kane and Oba. Okay. And what about you then, Stefan? What are you doing this week? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm <laughs> going to put, uh, find some paper and a pen and I'm going to write down a lot and lots of options. If said yeah. player is starting, I will do this because I, I don't want to have time to think about it and figure it out. So I'm, I'm going to, s- Start off with saying, okay, if KDB is benched, this is what I'm going to do. If uh, Salah is not in the team, this is what I'm going to do. If Sterling starts, this is what I'm going to do, etc. So I'm going to have uh, a lot of different options. So when when we hopefully get some leaked lineups from uh, FPL Scarface. No, Scarface? Yeah, yeah, Scarface. FPL Scarface, yeah. He's our go-to guy. I think the, the guitar man is taking a break, but who knows? Uh, I, I guess he, he might come back for one last concert or one last song. <laughs> Maybe. I think I think he likes the spotlight, so here's the hoping for that. So I will have basically a lot of options uh, re- based on uh, which lineups are leaked and who is starting. And of course, I will have the default option if no lineups are leaked. And I will do... Do the thing I think is is correct. I I'm uh, on the bench boost, so I'm I'm in a pretty bad spot to be fair on the bench boost. I was uncertain about Aurier starting last game week, and I didn't like his fixture, so I brought in the the safe Roman size. I think he should get the oh, clean sheet against yeah. Crystal. Crystal Palace, he has started every single game except one for like ages and he got benched. So <laughs> I'm just hoping he scores and uh, starts against uh, against I think uh, he Chelsea will. Yeah, in the last. I think, yeah. I think so. I think so. But other than that, my bench boost is currently Greenwood away to Leicester and or Foden at home to Norwich. We start on the bench. Saiz and a dead uh, Cathcart and my keeper Leno. So I think my best transfer is to transfer out Leno for a starting goalkeeper. And I can get to Lloris if I sell Salah for Sterling. And I wouldn't sell Salah for Sterling if I was uh, chasing anything. I think uh, Salah captain is pretty good. But it's uh, the question if I want to try to block the guys below me from catching me with uh, going Sterling captain. The other option is, of course, to forget about my bench boost, forget about my second goalkeeper and maybe take a hit for De Bruyne out or De Bruyne uh, Fernandes to something like uh, David Silva oh I can't get David Silva you uh, no I can't get David Silva in there as well <laughs> so yes, I can. yes I can you get, I can you t- get the feeling I can... that uh, De Bruyne is quite due yeah, um, I, I think that as well. A lot of people are moving away yeah. from him, but I think he's due as yeah. well. He's going to be... Yeah, it's the only thing, the thing is he's is... been playing a bit further back, but they're going to be playing Norwich. They're going to be yeah. camped in their penalty area. He's going yeah, to score for this Yeah, I'm not going to transfer out De Bruyne unless he's benched. That's that's for sure. So, he, won't, he won't be benched. He, he, no, but yeah. uh, if he's benched, I will for sure bring him out. And yeah. that goes for pretty much everyone. Lots of options. But we I, need I team wish, I wish I had some. I wish I had some more free transfers at this point. <laughs> and I, I, yeah. that, 
that bench boost ship is a curse. I, it's been messing with my head now for weeks because I've always thought, no, I need to think about my bench also because <laughs> of the bench boost, and it's never a good thing. No. I would rather just spend the free transfers. I agree. Almost. I wanted First to get to as soon as possible. Yeah, I agree, and even even some stuff like game week one bench boost, I don't really dislike that. But of course, of course, this season was different with only the single double game week or the, the double two double game weeks with the Liverpool one and game week thirty. So it's it's a strange season in in many ways, but the bench boost is a is a curse. It's best to just get rid of it. To me, the mm. first time you have a decent bench, go for it. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty much up in the air, but I will captain Salah if I don't bring in Sterling, and I will captain Sterling if I bring him in. Interesting. Lots of decisions. We really need that team team news. So. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. let's hope we yeah, get Stefan it. Stefan gave a great idea. I think I'm going to also take a take the old school approach of taking a pen and paper. And I think for those that are on a free hit, maybe it might not be a bad idea to write down a pool of six, seven midfielders and three, four attackers that you like. So that you know you're thinking clearly. Yeah, good, uh, good advice. Yeah, it's to, yeah. to work out what you do if certain situations, yeah. and it's always good to be reactive because I think we'll only get like about ten minutes to to make all our choices. Yeah. If we do get any, we still might not get any. So just be ready for that. Set your team way before. Yeah. Right, I think we're done for that then. We're going to talk about our Patreon league. We haven't been listening that, uh, listing that recently because we've needed to get these pods out as soon as possible. To list how that's getting on, we've got Emma FPL. She is in third spot with Tim Regan Morris in second spot with Matt Seward on top at the moment. So Tim is only six points behind Matt. So there's a tight race there. So it'll be interesting to see who, who wins. You'll, you'll find out next Monday. And Stefan, do you want to read out the top 10 for the public league? Yeah, it's been a while, so you can do that as well. In 10th place, it's Daniel Ray. In 9th, Luco Truman. 8th, Joachim Fjärmedal. 7th, wow. Charlie Weber. 6th, <laughs> Lars Jörgen Benson. Oh, brilliant. 5th, Adi Mansour. You should do those as well. Okay? <laughs> yeah. 4th, Jake Gallagher. Third, Alex Nielsen. Second, Martin Martin Jansen. Martin Jansson. He could yeah. be Swedish. Martin yeah, Jansson. Yeah. Um, this and, is my favorite. And first, uh, still in first, Theodor Ek Bakke. And he has a, uh, let's see, 18-point lead going into uh, into the last round. So uh, I guess, Pernell, you, sh- you, sh- you shouldn't join this league because you will... You will. <laughs> I think Theodore doesn't uh, won't like that because he will go in top. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, don't don't join the league. Uh, yeah, <laughs> everyone else can join it. <laughs> don't spoil the fun <laughs> for the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, true. If you want to join that league, the the code is CCCJK2. But if you're Pranel. Please don't. Right. Going to list our, our feedback box here. So we, we had one here from uh, Fancy underscore Folks Connect. He is saying, rarely do FPL pods for different reasons, but every now and again I listen to yours and there is something to be admired. The quality of the show, the quality of the guest, good language, a lot of stuff comes together here. So thank you for that. It's nice to know that you, even though you don't listen to pods, sometimes you listen to ours just on the back of the Prince's pod last week. And we also have some Alexa's Afterthoughts this week, which again, I haven't got ready. So well done me. Uh, I'm going to press it after I turn it up now. Alexa, 
How are you today? I'm good, Matt Hatter. I could be better though. If you could just stop banging on about loot and staying up. Woohoo! Nobody cares.、Mm. So, this week has seen Arsenal unsurprisingly hand Villa a lifeline. United, Chelsea, and Leicester all bottle it to fight out the Champions League place on the final day, and Watford sack their only hope of staying up. Brilliant.、Mm. Oh, and yes, Luton stay up. Yes. Yeah. All right, Matt Hatter. How's work, by the way? Unemployed twat. Bitch. I hear Iceman is leaving the pod after this season. So, on behalf of all us fantasy football nerds out there, thank you. You've done a brilliant job, mate. Stop crying, Matt Hatter. I'm not crying. You are. Why, Iceman? Why? <laughs> Wetter than a fart in a follow-through. Good luck for the last game week, everyone, and up the greatest ever pod. Up the greatest ever pod. <laughs> so, so cute. <laughs> Thank you, Mad Hatter, for that. I, we, I do have one more podcast left for your information listeners. On Monday, we will be recording an end of season podcast where we'll have a lot of guests on, probably too many guests for Skype to handle. The likes of Hawks will be on, Tom Campbell, JNO, FPL Sexy, FPL Editor, Mikel Topvan will come on,、uh, Jamie Ellis, and a few other maybes I've had. Stefan will be here, of course, and even Bully might make an appearance. So look forward to that one. On Monday, we also have some other questions. So, FPL Fairy is asking,、uh, caught the video on this week's podcast. Any tips for from James Drury on beard growth? So he's just <laughs> saying about how long my beard was from the、uh, from the video appearance on YouTube. So if you want to go to YouTube, you can witness that as with the print. So just search FPL Surgery on YouTube. We also have one here from Sky in FPL. He's saying, how late does he rise? And does it cause a problem with deadlines? So he's making a joke there towards you, late riser. Does, does living in、yeah. India really does cause a problem for deadlines and things on a serious Not note? Not really. Deadlines are fine, but the last、uh, month has been brutal with the sleep cycle because we have to sleep at three o'clock, three thirty once the games are done.、Uh-huh. But no complaints. Got love the football. No complaints. <laughs> I, I know you've、um, you finished number one in India once, did you? Yes, and I'm number one right now. So we're going for the double. Going for the double hit. Well, good luck、That's、to you. That's impressive. Yeah, very <laughs> impressive. Well, thank you for coming on. You've been great, Pranav. It's、uh, it's been great to have you on. It's been an absolute pleasure, and、uh, I speak on behalf of the community when、uh, I say that we'll、uh, miss both of you a lot. It's been great listening to you guys, and I'm also very excited to listen to what、uh, Flapjack and Josh Paxman have to offer. I've heard their pods as well, and exciting times. But we will miss you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank、uh, so、you. If you if you've liked what you've heard today and would like to support the podcast, please do so. It's Patreon.com/slash/FPLSurgery. Check out our website FPLSurgery.com. We're on Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, Reddit, and Twitter. We're everywhere at FPLSurgery. And if you want to email me, it's info at FPLSurgery.com. So good luck in the last game week, everyone. And Stefan, up the pod. Up the pod. Nice. Woo. Yeah. Okay. Well,、um, let's move it back to that. Okay. Well,、um, okay. Well,、um, okay. Well,、um, yeah. Okay. Well,、um, let's move it back to that.